Well, hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Susan DeSunzi. Oh boy, in today's episode, it's kind of a big one, because it's something that affects all of us all the time, and it's that dreaded changes and our comfort zones and what they really are and what changes really represent to us and how we manage through those changes to stay or get back into a comfortable place so we don't feel so out of whack. So as you listen in to today's show, I hope that you take away from it something for you specifically on how you can address changes that happen in your life regularly, how to deal with when you feel really uncomfortable and and like you cannot manage those changes easily. It's totally stressing you out or it's causing you to feel super anxious or even a little depressed. I hope that today's show is chock full of those tips and strategies for you. That's my intention. And I hope you enjoy the show. I'll see you on the other side. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. So let's dive into change. You know, what the heck is change anyway? And what the heck are comfort zones? Truly, like change is pretty obvious, right? Because, you know, I've heard the phrase and I live by this phrase and I hold this phrase dear to my heart because that's, it's, you know, it's really the truth that there is nothing constant but change. So if we are struggling with changes that happen in our lives day to day, and it rocks our world in some way, maybe we feel a little anxious about the changes. Maybe we feel a little depressed about the changes. Maybe we're just flat out stressed, and we don't really know how to handle the changes that are happening in our lives. It really kind of affects those things called comfort zones. And I really want to get into that in detail because what the hell is a comfort zone? I mean, it's kind of like that phrase, you know, oh, like he he really knows how to push my buttons. She really knows where my buttons are and, and when to use them. I don't know. We're human beings. Do we have buttons that I'm not aware of? Are there buttons somewhere located on the outside of our bodies? Now, I get, you know, I, I am a licensed psychotherapist and a coach. So I am very clearly aware that buttons are really representations of our triggers, right? But when somebody talks about hitting those buttons, what they're really saying is there is this trigger in me, there's this issue or this set of experiences in me that are causing me to react in a very specific way. And when someone behaves specifically to kind of purposely trigger those quote-unquote buttons, that it creates all kinds of feelings in me. Well, likewise, change does that too. But it's often not maybe somebody specific doing something. It could be a set of circumstances. It could be that now I have to change jobs, or my relationship is struggling, or we're breaking up or getting a divorce, or we're actually falling into a deeper relationship than we had before. Maybe we were just dating and, you know, kind of friends with benefits, or it wasn't too serious. Changes all the way around create kind of that unknownness, that make it really difficult to manage through sometimes. Because we get 
we're creatures of habit and we get into these places of comfort and comfortability with kind of maybe not even routines, but our known things, right? Like I know that if I get in my car and I turn the key, it's probably going to start because every time I get in the car and I put the key in and I turn it, it has started for a number of days, weeks, months, or years. And if all of a sudden the car doesn't start, well, now that throws off my routine, right? It throws off wherever I was planning on going in the car, and now I have to think about other things. And it could be very stressful because now my mind might start racing with, you know, uh uh-oh, is something wrong with my car? Am I going to be able to get it fixed easily? Am I going to have to cancel my whole day? Is it going to cost me money? You kind of know the routine. You know how your mind can race with a thousand different thoughts, especially when we are thrown out of our kind of known comfortability. And so... That issue of comfort zones is really just feelings. Comfort zone is really just a feeling that this is something that I'm, I know. It's something I've gotten used to. It's something I feel relatively comfortable or at ease with. I'm content with it. And it's not throwing me for a loop in any way. Like I can kind of count on it. I can kind of trust it. But when a change happens that throws me out of my comfort zone because the change is new or different or scary or big or costly. I mean, my God, I I could spend hours just rattling off the various different changes that we could all face day to day even that can throw us into a loop, right? But when we are faced then with these changes, it's really a question of how are we responding versus reacting? And I've talked about this before, the differences between reaction versus response. But I'll reiterate now, reaction is automatic. Again, think of the word reaction. You acted on it once, you learned something from it, there was a behavior or a way of thinking or feeling that you had experienced with a particular situation, you acted on it, it got stored away in your memory banks and in your mind and in your brain, and then this new thing happens that's different but similar that pulls up that old experience, re-triggers it to the conscious awareness of your mind, you are now recalling it, and you are reacting upon it. Versus response, which is choice. You are consciously making a decision and a choice in that moment on how to respond to whatever it is that's going on. So a way to kind of begin moving through changes that happen that throw you for a loop, that pull you out of your comfort zone, is to take a look first at what are you being triggered into. So if, let's say, I am told that I am going to be laid off. All right, so now my mind is racing with a whole bunch of thoughts. I have rent to pay. I have a family to feed. I have to look for a new job. I will be short on money. Maybe I don't have a lot in savings. And now I'm getting worried. I have fear, right? Because fear is the basis of worry. I have fear that I'm all these things are going to fall apart. Now that's a pretty big change. And and I get it's incredibly stressful. But a way to manage through that fear, that change of like, let's say a loss of a job or you're getting laid off is to take a look at 
What have you been comfortable with so far in that job? Well, I kind of knew the job. I knew where to go every day. I knew who I was working with and for. I knew how much I'd get paid. I knew what my duties were. And I had kind of my little routine. So while it is stressful and it can be very scary indeed, what if, in a case like that, You then started creating a new routine for yourself that said, here's how I'm going to look for a new job and almost make that your job, right? Yes, you may not be making the money and the money may be creating a whole lot of unknowns and stress, but the point is, is you can create a plan for yourself. Just like you unknowingly created a plan for yourself when you got this job and you started going to work every day and you created that routine or kind of that structure for yourself, there's a way to kind of manage the stressors and the uncomfortability of this newness of this change in a way that doesn't really pull you completely out of your comfort zone. It just pulls you into a different level of comfort with something that's unknown. Now that's kind of like an oxymoron, right? How can you be comfortable with something unknown? It's kind of like big shrimp, right? It's an oxymoron. You can't have big and shrimp in the same words, you know, in the same sentence. But essentially, you can learn to be comfortable with changes. Now, my husband always teases that in his opinion, I don't like change. And the truth is, I don't care about change. Because I live by the motto that there's nothing constant but change, I am well aware that changes often happen, sometimes without me even knowing it or recognizing it, or being consciously aware of it. What I believe is his perception of his idea that I don't like change is because when I get into a very known, comfortable, used to, contented place with kind of a routine or the way things go day to day in my life, and all of a sudden there's this big, huge wrench that gets thrown into the mix, so to speak, It's that I have to kind of step back for a moment, take a breath, and then adjust to it. And he kind of often looks at my adjustment kind of style or period or moments or words as that I don't like change. And it's truly not that I don't like change. I embrace change. My God, we can't heal and grow and evolve as human beings without change. Are you the same as you were when you were three years old today? Of course not. And will you be the same three years from now that you are today? I hope not. They say that every cell in our body replicates and renews at different stages. They say our liver is six weeks, that our eyes, every cell in our eyes replicate brand new every two two days. I don't, you know, there's some arguments about the different time frames of this kind of thing physically in the body, but it really doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong or what the actual quote unquote truth is, is the fact is your body is changing 24-7. There are cells that are dying and cells that are replicating anew. There is shifting and changing in your physical body every single minute of the day. And yet you don't often probably even pay attention to that, notice it, care about it, nor does it potentially affect you. So then it becomes the question of what does affect us then? What are these changes that happen in our lives that, that really do feel like they're pulling us out of that comfortable place of, get, you know, of used to, of contentment, of knownness? 
And again, it's really our ideas about the change. And so if we can begin to shift some of the ideas that we have about change and the changes that may happen, and again, I could go on and on with listings of change after change after change, you really have to kind of, as you're listening, plug in the changes that have happened in your life or the changes that you might even be a little bit concerned about or afraid of that could happen in order to kind of see where I'm going with this, that it's about how then can you learn to be comfortable with the fact that this is changing, something is changing, and you don't want it to throw you so off balance and out of kilter that you now are feeling incredible stress maybe anxiety, maybe depression, maybe hopelessness, maybe a wealth of other emotions that are affecting your ability day to day to feel gratitude, to find a sense of happiness and a sense of self and a sense of kind of autonomy and independence. And so part of what I had to do is when change, big change would happen, I would kind of sit with it for a few minutes literally sometimes a few minutes, and I would just kind of think about it, right? So let's take the laid off. I got fired when I was, I don't know, I think I was 19. And it was my first real kind of corporate like job. It wasn't uh, kind of like a retail job. It wasn't you know, that I held several jobs as teenager because I was gaining different experiences in different arenas. And this was really kind of the first quote unquote professional job that I had. And I was the administrative assistant to a major real estate company and I worked in their insurance department. Now, I didn't know jack shit about insurance or real estate, but I was very good at dealing with people. I had, had an amazing a telephone voice and and a, a way to to communicate with people that was very comforting and I was a phenomenal typist I could type about 100 words per minute and so I think that's what really landed me the job and I I can't even remember how much I got paid I don't know I want to say it was like 12 or 14,000 a year I mean we're talking like you know 19 like 83 uh when I was 19 and I was doing pretty well with a job and I was starting to save a little money and I was planning on going to college, but I had to take a little break in between high school and college because I was going to be going out of state to school. And, you know, I was doing okay at the job, but there was a lot of things that I really didn't understand about the industry that were kind of presenting problems in doing my job. And I don't even remember, to be honest with you, how long I was there for. It was a period of months, maybe six months, maybe less. And I remember Lena. I don't know why her name sticks in my mind, but I remember Lena. And that's all I remember. I don't even remember her last name. I remember her calling me into the office one day and she said, Susan, you know, I think you're a fantastic person and I think you've really, truly, in a lot of ways, done a really great job here. But there's the dreaded but, right? And I knew something was coming, but I, I didn't know what. She said, but I'm afraid that we're going to have to let you go. And I remember my heart sank because, my God, this was kind of, you know, again, the first professional job I had. And although it wasn't 
you know, kind of a career move for me. It was more money than I'd ever made before. And I was really happy that I was being able to save some money. And I was really looking at setting myself up a bit more, you know, financially more secure before I went off to college kind of thing. And now all of a sudden I was feeling like, oh, great, how am I going to afford school and where am I going to live? And, you know, I can't afford my car and how am I going to put gas? You know, just, you know, all the thoughts that we have that that run through our minds. And and my heart sank. And she she saw the expression on my face. And I said, why? <laughs> and she just looked at me with the most love and compassion. And she said, because you're just you're just not really cutting it for what we need here. We really recognize now that we need someone who's a little bit more savvy in insurance and real estate markets to really kind of understand the full scope of what we're asking you to do in the job. Yes, you can type phenomenally and you can answer the phones and you can file great and you can write letters and you're very personable, but there's really so much more that we need from the person in your role. And we recognize that you just kind of don't have those skills. So I kind of, you know, held back my tears that were welling up in my eyes. I thanked her for her time and the opportunity to have learned and, and, you know, learned and grown a bit in this kind of different arena to have experienced kind of this professional job and capacity in this way. And also, also learned about myself that this was not the area I wanted to go in at all and was never a passion or an interest of mine. And I absolutely knew that I didn't want to be like a secretary or administrative assistant forever. Like that was not my career either. But nonetheless, I was feeling very sad and very defeated and rejected and angry and hurt and confused. And I remember I left the job and I called up my boyfriend who later became my fiance. We did not ultimately get married. And I think I've shared that story before, but I'll share it someday. I called my boyfriend up and I'm crying on the phone and I'm like, oh my God, I just got fired. I've never been fired before. And now, although it wasn't legal at the time, I'd been working since I was nine years old. And again, while it technically wasn't legal, I had been earning and working in various capacities since age nine. And so this was just like a huge change and a huge shock. And I remember him just being very comforting to me, listening, loving me, telling me it'll be all right, and my mind not believing him because, you know, my mind is just going to that place that says, uh, you know, money and how am I going to afford my bills and all these worries that I was then projecting into the future now that I didn't have this job. And he just was lovingly listening, supporting me, comforting me, right? There's that comfort. He was working to help me see that this could actually be a very big gift. And while I couldn't see it in the moment, his desire to comfort me was to help me get out of my head, out of the thousand racing thoughts that were running through my mind at the moment, all the feelings I felt, the shock, the confusion, the anger, the hurt, the sadness, the rejection, everything to maybe, maybe, just for a moment, see a different perspective, see a different side, that maybe this could be an opportunity to grow, 
and it could be a gift, that I could look at some different adventure that maybe this wasn't really where I was supposed to be and that this was happening so that I could step out of that quote-unquote comfort zone of earning a living and making decent money and really kind of dig deeper then as to who I was and what I wanted. And as he was talking, and I kind of sat with that over that day and maybe the next day or two, and we talked and, you know, we, we got together in person and he was hugging me and I was just kind of leaning into his arms and feeling the warmth of that kind of comforting hug I kind of softened and I took some deep breaths and I recognized that, yeah, you know what? This isn't for me. That's not the career I want. This isn't the industry I wanted in. And while it presents a little bit of a problem and an issue right now, it's ultimately not this long-term thing that I have to feel so freaked out about this change. Now, I was only 19 at the time. This was almost 40 years ago. And what I can offer up to you since then is that I have taken that same kind of set of ideas each time I have faced changes that have pulled me out of my comfort zone. And I think to myself, while he's not in my life anymore, and I'm very happily married to my husband and have been with him for 23 years, even before my husband, even in my first marriage, even in all the struggles I faced through the traumas, through the moves through the job changes, the career changes, school, raising my son, I've recognized the importance of feeling as though I'm in that warm hug of an embrace by someone else. But the truth is, the difference now is that it's me. I kind of give myself that permission to hug myself. And maybe literally, but I'm talking metaphorically, where I sit down with whatever this change is that's happened, I recognize all the feelings I'm feeling. I do not judge or dismiss any of them. If I'm angry and happy at the same time, great. If I'm sad and joyful at the same time, beautiful. If I'm frustrated and looking forward to something, I honor that. I allow myself the permission to feel everything I feel. And then I kind of sit with the thoughts that are racing through my mind the fears that are coming up, the worries that are there, the anxiety that's kicking in about all this future stuff that I feel like this current change is going to affect and maybe be a bad thing. And I take a couple of deep breaths and I imagine that the present day part of me who is loving and calm and compassionate and kind is hugging that part of me right now who's so worried and afraid and has racing thoughts and is feeling so out of their comfort zone. And I just allow myself to feel that for, I don't know, you know, no specific time frame, a couple of moments, a couple of minutes, whatever I need. And then I take another deep breath and I ask myself, is this change that's happening right now really truly that scary? Or is it just that the unknowns that I am not used to because I do not know what they are yet are seem so big that it's causing me to be very reactionary versus choosing in this moment to respond to it with a positivity and a gentleness and a kindness and, and really kind of a looking forward to it with open eyes, kind of like a child, like awe and wonder. 
right? Because if you if you think back to children, children don't really put any value and meaning on whether they know something or don't know something. They just kind of look at everything through that childlike wonder awe. It's like, wow, look at that. This is the coolest thing ever. Even if it's just like this pen. <laughs> That's so cool. They've never seen a pen before and they see how it writes and they see that it can draw lines on a piece of paper and they just think it's the coolest thing. And they can amuse themselves with it for hours, maybe, depending, you know, depending on what it is, right? And I'm like, okay, how can I regain a bit of that childlike wonder and awe that I felt as a young person, as a child, when I didn't put all these meanings to things? And that helps me then recognize that my comfort zones are not really like separate little zones or parts of me or in my body. They're not little separate sections. It's just this deeper feeling that it's a known thing and that I can manage it. It's like I've proven to myself I can handle getting up every day and going to this job, or I can, you know, make this money and then budget my money and be able to pay these different bills and still have a little leftover to enjoy something or have a little entertainment or eat out occasionally. Whatever the case may be for you, those known things for you, when they get rocked or shifted or things change that affect them, it 100% can rock what you perceive to be your comfort zones. But really, it's just that your mind is sitting there in that unknown place now racing with a whole bunch of what ifs. And that's not really serving you either. Now, I will say that sometimes being stuck in the muck of it is a very healthy thing for a little while. It's, it's important to sit in the muck of things when we are so focused on the fact that we are in the muck that we're not actually feeling the muck. And it's like, wait, what? What the hell are you talking about? And I will go back to the example I have said multiple times before, I'm sure on other episodes, where I talk about quicksand. When you are stuck in quicksand, if you are in quicksand and you are trying desperately to get out of it, the faster you move and the harder you move, the more quickly you're going to be pulled under. But if you were to just stop, take that moment, feel the sand around you, the thickness and the heaviness of the quicksand, and you were to take very, very, very slow, deliberate, cautious movements forward, you will get out of the quicksand without it pulling you even probably a couple of inches deeper. And I know this to be a fact because many, many years ago, I had a friend who was a DJ on a radio show and he had invited me on his radio show. And we actually talked about this that was relevant to the conversation we were having. I brought up this, this example of the quicksand unbeknownst to me that he had actually experienced being in real quicksand before. And he started to laugh. And I said, why are you laughing? And he said, because you've described exactly how it actually works in real life. And I said, oh, my God, you were actually in real quicksand at one point. And then, of course, he went on to share the story of how that came about with where he was traveling to and so on and so forth. But I was kind of always proud of myself that I had allowed the divine download from grace to kind of 
input that quicksand analogy into my mind somewhere along the way with a client, I don't know, many, 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 many years ago, and that I was actually kind of on target with the way it actually works in real life. I mean, like, how many of us actually find ourselves ever exposed to quicksand? There's, you know, you might, you, you might not even know what quicksand actually is. But the point in sharing this was simply that I, there are times when sitting in the muck is the most critical thing you can do to get out of the muck. That it's not that I feel this muck and this pain and this change and this uncomfortability and it's so unbearable, it's so difficult, it's so hard to handle that I want out of it now and I want things to change and I, I just want I just I just want my routine back, I want my structure back, I want my discipline back, I want ah kind of that very ah kind of feeling, right? That hyper kind of frustrated impatient, must-do-it-now kind of feeling, that the more important thing is to really just step back, kind of breathe into all that you are feeling, take noticement of it, be aware of what you are feeling with these changes. Recognize that just like there's no buttons on your body, there's no comfort zones in your body. It's a feeling that you're used to. It's a known thing. And when you get, you know, into a situation where you're coming across the unknown factors, it's then asking yourself, how can I know this then? Right? Like, so I got fired. I didn't know what job that I was going to get afterwards because it was still going to be a period of months before I went to school. And so it was a question of what am I going to do for money for a job? And instead of kind of freaking out about it, I just kind of started looking for a new job. I started looking for kind of anything that I could do temporarily until I went off to school, but I absolutely did not apply for any kind of professional job that, yes, while it would have paid more, I was not going to do that to them. I was not going to get a job, work in some capacity for just a short period of months just to turn around and leave to go off to college. So I knew, I started like looking at what can I know about this unknown thing. This unknown thing is I have no idea what I'm going to do for money. This unknown thing was I've lost my job and I have to get a new one. And then it was, okay, well, how can I begin to make that happen? So it's really looking at how can I take those slow, deliberate, cautious movements, like in the quicksand, maybe not cautious so much, be bold, be badass, be out there and kind of, you know, go after what you want. But how can I take those small baby steps to know something now so that I can learn to be more comfortable with this change? And that means the changes in my routine, the changes in my feelings, the changes in my relationships, the changes in my finances, the changes in my physical health. Like, what can I do to kind of manage this awareness I have now, this knowledge I have now, like I no longer have the job, what can I do to kind of make that a known thing and then take those baby steps along the way? Because again, there's nothing constant but change. And since change is happening every single day, inside our bodies and outside our bodies, in our minds and around us every day, all the time, the only thing you can do is look for ways that you can find comfort in the things that are currently happening. Little baby steps, little things at a time, until you can 
reconnect really to a deeper level of comfort and contentment day to day, while recognizing that at any time, change can actually hit you in the face again and cause you to have to step back once more and do it all over again. I hope you've pulled away something positive from this episode today for yourself and that it's really looking at what you want and who you are and recognizing that the changes that are out there that are happening all the time don't really have to be that scary and throw us out of our comfort zone, out of our comfort level, if we can take a step back and begin to kind of know things about that change in the moment while also allowing ourselves to feel everything we feel and sit a little bit in the muck of it so that we can take that breath and figure out that plan of action and move forward with the changes that are occurring around us. So I hope you've enjoyed today's show and know that you are so loved. You are a spiritually divine being living in human form. And my deepest wish for you is that you go out each day and spiritually express as the divine badass human that you are. And I'll see you next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to another episode of The Spiritually Expressed Human, a place where we come together to navigate the human experience as the fully spiritually expressed divine human badasses we were all meant to be. If you liked what you heard on today's show, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on the platform of your choice so that together we can share this out to the world and make the impact we're all here to make. If you'd like more information or just to touch base with me, please go to susandesunzi.com and explore and grab yourself some free gifts while you're there. Thank you so much for listening.